Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. On this week's Highways Voices, we're talking road safety. The advances in technology for, for automated driving are a lot to do with knowing where the vehicle is and the context in which it's being operated. And I think if you know those things, you can do a lot more to help advise human drivers about what is appropriate and, and what they might need to do in order to, to drive their vehicles safely. National Highways' new Chief Safety Advisor is this week's Highways Voice, talking about his role and achieving zero harm on the network. We're safe to say it's an interesting conversation on this week's podcast. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So Nick Reed to come very soon, but first let's hear about the stories making the headlines on Highways News this week. The big news as we publish this podcast is the pausing of the smart motorway rollout while safety data is assessed. You can read all about that on our site and Nick Reed talks about smart motorways in our chat. With some of the other big stories, here's Adrian Tatum. National Highways has created a new division for environmental sustainability, saying that this underlines its commitment to the environment and achieving net zero. The new division, headed by Stephen Eldekin, will work with National Highways executive directors and board to deliver the ambitious plan to cut carbon emissions to net zero across England's motorways and major A-roads by 2050. It says bringing together National Highways' environmental teams and a new carbon team into one central division will raise a profile of environment within the organisation and create additional capacity and capability on this project. There's still much to be done to better incentivise and challenge attitudes towards active travel in the city, according to Liverpool Council's Cabinet Member for Climate Change and the Environment. Councillor Dan Barrington said the City Council has worked to grasp the opportunity in terms of how people travel since the beginning of a pandemic. However, he believes work still needs to be done to change the dial on people's behaviours and better understanding of what motivates them in the mode of travel they choose. Elsewhere, the government has joined with disability charity Scope to develop a new disabled persons passenger charter for bus, coach, taxi, private hire, vehicle and rail travel, providing a clear explanation of their rights. The charter will improve journeys for disabled people by helping them ensure they can travel easily and more confidently. This brings together a host of information for disabled passengers across England and advice for passengers on what to do when things don't go as expected. The charter follows last year's unveiling of the government's national disability strategy, a range of incentives to improve journeys for disabled people, including accessibility audit of all rail stations, clear audible and visual announcement on buses, and one million to improve access at seaports. And finally, for me, Belfast City Council are also considering offering free public transport travel to young people as they work out how to tackle congestion and air quality. And on the site, you can also read about virtual reality being used to train HGV drivers, ITS UK's vision for the year, bigger red route fines in London, staying in London, e-scooter crash statistics are out, while Volvo plans driverless journeys this year. You can read all of these, plus so many more stories on our website. Remember to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Details are in the blurb, and you can sign up for 
our daily email, which comes into your inbox every lunchtime. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Swarco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software-as-a-service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. Back in November, National Highways appointed Professor Nick Reed as Chief Safety Advisor. Professor Reed has had a long career focusing on improving road safety. He led human factors and driver behaviour research at Transport Research Laboratories for 13 years before becoming Head of Mobility. R&D at international engineering firm Bosch. He's a visiting professor at the University of Surrey as well, which is a great institution with a long list of brilliant graduates from there, and me as well, who stumbled his way through a maths degree many, many, many years ago. Anyway, I caught up with Nick to talk about the role and what it means for road safety. I'm really excited. I'm really pleased to have been entrusted with this position. It's a new role within the organisation. And really, there's there's kind of three aspects to it. I mean, one is to provide independent advice to the executive and the board on matters of road safety. And they've got some pretty challenging targets on their books. So firstly, zero harm by 2040. And also, I think the, the net zero by 2050, net zero network by 2050 is a relevant target in this context. So providing advice to make sure decisions that are taken now are all contributing to achieving that goal. I think there's a role in engaging with stakeholders, both internally and externally. So figuring out who's doing what within the organization to contribute to achieving those targets, but also maybe being able to engage with organizations that may be hesitant in talking to National Highways directly, but maybe would be willing to have a a full and frank discussion with me as as an independent advisor. And then lastly, where appropriate to engage with, with the media, with the press, on relevant road safety topics. So across those things, it's a pretty full agenda, but it's a, it's a part-time role. And as I say, it's a new role and we're both kind of finding our way a, a little to begin with, but uh, really exciting and, and thrilled to be in position. All the years I've known you, Nick, you've been involved very much at the forefront of our development of driverless vehicles. Um, in this role, are you mainly looking at in-car safety improvements or is it in car and infrastructure equally it's the broader piece it's road user safety and i think you know my background is as a psychologist originally academically that was my background my work at at trl started in you know driver safety and and driver behavior looking at things like alcohol drugs infrastructure and their effects on on driving behavior and that kind of morphed into the work you've mentioned related to automated vehicles. So I think that kind of psychology background, recognising things aren't kind of black and white, especially when it comes to things involving people, that kind of sensibility around things we can do in terms of road safety is going to be really helpful to me. But then also that knowledge of what is achievable, what might be coming down the road in terms of future technologies and what they can do realistically, you know, not being too starry-eyed about it and being pragmatic about the benefits technology can bring. I think that's uh, you know, going to be a, an important contribution to my role for the organisation. So talking of your driverless vehicle experience, what sort of tech that has been developed for autonomy could be advanced on human-driven cars today that we could be making more use of? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I think the advances in technology for, for automated driving are a lot to do with knowing where the vehicle is and the context in which it's being operated. And I think if you know those things, you can do a lot more to help advise human drivers about what is appropriate and, and what they might need to do in order to, to drive their vehicles safely. So I'm thinking there particularly about um, your speeds, knowing what's coming up ahead, maybe some guidance from the road operator to say what they might encounter in the near future would be useful to, to human drivers, but then also guidance in the moment. So I think if there is a situation where uh, people might be nervous, you know, they, they've stopped somewhere on a, on a carriageway and, and need uh, advice, knowing that a vehicle is slowing down or, or has stopped and other traffic is, is continuing around it, maybe there's direct information that can be provided to that vehicle, to that driver to help guide their behavior in that situation so there isn't that panic and, and they can uh, take appropriate action. Now, of course, the majority of national highways roads are motorways and statistically motorways are the safest roads to drive on. Um, statistically, town centres are pretty safe if you're actually in the vehicle. The danger is if you're the pedestrian and then you've got your, your country roads that are uh, the ones where you're most at risk as a as a driver. Given that national highways is mainly motorways and other fast trunk roads, are you just focusing on those sorts of roads or does your remit go wider to, to all types? I mean, the, the focus is the national highways network. But I, I think it would be unethical not to consider knock-on effects to the broader road system. So if we were to introduce some form of regulation or policy that meant traffic was pushed from the safest roads, the, the motorways, onto less safe roads, and there ended up being more collisions there, I think you know, we'd have to think very carefully about sort of the sorts of decisions that might result in that kind of knock-on effect. So absolutely, the focus is the strategic road network, but with that broader consideration of the, the knock-on effects of decisions that are made about the way the network operates. I've got to ask about smart motorways because actually it's more perception over reality. As, a, as an old news hack, dog bites man isn't a news story, man bites dog is. And therefore, because the media are looking for it, any incident on a smart motorway becomes news. Road crashes take place day by day by day, and barely make the local news, let alone national media. How much of your role might be to do, as you talked about your psychology, giving people education and examples and actually reassurance about safety as opposed to uh, just the actual technical solutions? Yeah, I think it's that's a huge part of the role. I mean, my very first project in this industry was related to the M42 Active Traffic Management Scheme, the pilot for, for what has become Smart Motorways Programme. Now, of course, there have been some, some tragic incidents on, on smart motorways, and that's unacceptable. You know, the target is zero harm, and, and that means there are things that have to be addressed. But as you rightly say, statistically, they are a safe form of, of motorway. That, that we have to deal with that perception as well. There, there is there is real risk and there's also perceived risk. And I think my role is about addressing both of those things 
and making sure the network is used as best as it possibly can be, all the while heading towards that goal of zero harm. Now, you've not been in the role long, and my experience of when you start working with a new organisation, especially in an advisory role, is that it actually takes a while to actually work out what your job actually is. You're kind of doing that friendly sparring between you and the people you're working with so they're understanding your ideas you're understanding what they want you've been in the role probably long enough to start to get an idea of what you want to deliver through 2022 what sort of ideas have you got firstly when I I was announced in the role I I got tremendous response really really positive I was really pleased with that it was almost overwhelming but then if the, the response I've had internally has been fantastic. You're really welcoming, really impressed by the, the, the quality of the people, the enthusiasm they have for their role, their, their passion about delivering um, a safe and um, efficient network. I, I think it's about working with those people and then over the over 2022 20, uh, particularly, starting to have that external engagement, understand what external stakeholders seek from national highways and and where we can work to, to help improve road safety from um, an internal and external perspective. In terms of what I'd like to do, I think it's about coordination, you know, understanding where there's activity in different parts of the organisation that could be brought together. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, that topic of data, where there is an opportunity to use data to understand the network better, to understand where the sources of risk are on the network, that might be a way to kind of bring different parts of the organisation together to help deliver that uh, road safety goal. You've got a great track record within National Highways of improving road worker safety. Does that fall under your remit as well? I think the focus is the road user, but the goal ultimately is zero harm. And you know, if there are things that contribute to the, the safety of road workers, then, then absolutely. I know the work that is done on, on the highways is, is essential to delivering those safety benefits. So I think the role encompasses it. The focus is the road user, but I think that the road workers are within the scope of the role as well. And I just, while chatting to you at this time of year, I think back to what, three years ago when we were in the desert in Las Vegas, learning a new technology that was taking place around the world at the Consumer Electronics Show. It's an interesting role you've got because when we travel around the world, we're always looking for new ideas. But actually, the UK is a world leader when it comes to the number of fatal injuries. You know, we, we are very, very low. We're, we're, we're top, you know, almost top of the table on road safety already. So is there still a place for actually looking beyond our shores and seeing what other places are doing and maybe trying to steal some of their ideas as well? Always. I think, you know, all the while we're not achieving that zero harm goal, there's there's more we need to do. And if there are other, other countries, other organisations that have ideas that can help us get there, then I'm completely open to that and, and would love to learn more. From what I understand, this is you're not an employee of National Highways. You're contracting through your company, read mobility um so i take it that gives that one step away that people might want to talk to you rather than directly to national highways because there's there's an element of anonymity there and i take it the other thing is all the other work you're doing uh continues alongside your role with national highways yeah that's exactly right and and i'm really pleased that's the way it's been set up so it's a part-time role 
And that means I can continue with all my existing project work for Read Mobility and you know the other things I do in terms of being a trustee for, for Break and for, for Road Safe and, and other bits and pieces. So yeah, really pleased with the, the way it's been set up. And I would, although it, within the constraints of it being a part-time role, I'd very much welcome engagement from anyone listening to the podcast who thinks they have ideas concepts that might contribute to that goal of zero harm on the National Highways Network. That's Professor Nick Reed with his expertise showing that National Highways' road safety initiatives are in very good hands. If you want to get in touch with Nick, drop us a note here at Highways News and we'll pass it on. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. This is Highways Voices. Let's join Adrian again for a very special... Adrian's accolade. My accolade this week goes to Andrew Lupton, sales director of Econ Engineering, who sadly died this weekend unexpectedly. Um, Highways News send its condolences and respect to Econ, the Lupton family and all his friends and colleagues within the industry. And he deserves this award for the work that he's done over the past 35 years to raise a profile of the winter service sector within the UK. Uh, he will be sorely missed. Thanks, Adrian, and may I add my deepest condolences to Andrew's family, friends and colleagues. That's it for this week's podcast. We should be talking the manual for smart streets on next week's programme. Join Adrian and me for that. For now, thanks for listening. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 